1: Welcome to Meathead Test Kitchen, where food and fitness come to hang out. Nutrition, training, and life. It's all fair game on Meathead Test Kitchen.
0: Welcome to Meathead Test Kitchen, a podcast that makes your fitness journey suck less. We are powered by Little Movements Apparel, an athleisure brand by women for women. And ladies, it is our time. The glass ceiling has been broken. Go celebrate by buying a new set of leggings. I know that sounds cheesy, but fuck it. (laughs)
2: Like,
0: we're really celebrating. Uh, If you're looking for new activewear, hit littlemovementsapparel.com, grab your new favorite leggings, and thank us later. Use our code MEATHEAD at checkout to save 20% on your entire order. Sports bras, leggings, joggers, tops. What else? They've got it all.
2: All of it. Yeah. And like, it's all adorable. It's super outer comfortable. Outerwear. Jackets yeah they have all
0: of it find them online at littlemovementsapparel.com on instagram as well at littlemovements their inventory changes daily so make sure you keep up on their ig for their latest stock updates thanks little movements you're dope joining us today a gentleman who has been working with athletes for many years and one of my friends for a long 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 time assistant athletic director at university of nebraska omaha mike nicola hello sir how are you today
1: I'm great. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it.
0: Thank you for coming on. I'm excited to talk about some really nerdy sleep and recovery stuff because I feel like this is everything that when people work out or train for something that they gloss over.
1: I would agree with you. You know, um, really over the course of the last probably uh, six to eight years, sleep has really become a a big topic and probably the area that uh, is as teenagers as young women young men uh, they fail to recognize the importance of so this this should be a good conversation and uh, hopefully your listeners can take something away from it hopefully
0: yes Um, I hope that every week and I don't know if they ever actually do but (laughs) usually (laughs) when we have a guest they always take something away even if I don't have anything to offer Uh, tell us a little bit about your background experience how long have you been an athletic trainer
1: Oh, wow. Uh, I've been an athletic trainer for uh, going on year 18 here. So uh, this is my eighth year at the University of Nebraska Omaha. Uh, Prior to that, I was at uh, Iowa Western for close to seven years and then uh, spent time at Louisiana State University, LSU. Uh, uh, Did a master's degree down there have a a certification in athletic training certification as a strength and conditioning coach. So I have a little bit of background working with college level athletes. So you you know a few
0: things. Yeah,
1: yeah, (laughs) hopefully I can uh, impart some wisdom. So
0: cool. Well, let's get into it. Um, When we talk about training, I feel like a lot of people focus on the workout being the most important part. And we've already We've already covered this a little bit, but we're going to get into it more in depth now. When in reality, recovery is the most important component. So can you break down exactly why recovery is the most important part of your training?
1: Yeah, uh, and and recovery encompasses uh, several things. You know, as you mentioned, some people say uh, uh, the workout's the most important. Recovery is very important. It allows for improved performance, uh, permits time for our body to heal itself after bouts of exercise uh, for the uh, and then really recover itself so that it's ready for the next training load. Uh, And then it decreases your risk of potential injury. Uh, So those are kind of the three big things uh, on why recovery is important, but there's a lot of things that affect recovery. So uh, we talked about sleep. Uh, What about stress levels, nutrition, Mm -hmm. uh, hydration, frequency and type of training loads? And then uh, a big one, and one that uh, younger people don't quite realize as much, but your alcohol intake.
0: Oh yes, so, yeah,
1: yeah. So, so there's a lot of factors that affect your recovery. Um, but we, the, I guess, the biggest thing is these factors can all be manipulated and controlled by ourselves.
2: Yep. Yeah. One hundred percent. And I was actually gonna like kind of jumping off of that, like since we know those things are true. Can we talk about how recovery isn't a hundred percent the same for each individual person and maybe some of the cues that your body gives you automatically that maybe you don't necessarily pay attention to cause you're not as in tune as you could be.
1: Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I think one of the biggest things is a look at uh, your performance in your day to day life, you know, not just, not just in your, uh, exercise routines, but whatever, whatever else it is you do, how is your uh, decision making skills? How is uh, your alertness level, your mood, your energy? Uh, those are things that uh, your body gives you as cues to how well you're recovering. Uh, you know, even with sleep, uh, sometimes people say, I, I overslept. Well, that's your body telling you it's had enough.
0: Yeah, So it needs more.
1: Yes. Yes. <laughs> and, and and you know it, it's kind of a badge of honor sometimes people say, "Oh yeah, it, I can survive on 5 6 hours of sleep." Well, the problem is the average adult needs about 7 to 9 hours of sleep. Uh you know, there's there's great research out there in terms of injury risk with sleep. Uh those that uh, sleep less than 8 hours have 1.7 times greater risk of injury. Uh, so that's, that's a good, uh, statistic out there. Good piece of research. Um, there's been a lot of research done with regards to sleep and athletic performance, such as free throw shooting with basketball players or three point shooting percentages. Uh, there was a good, uh, study done by a, a doctor, Sherry mom out at Stanford university who worked with Stanford university's basketball team and showed that, uh three point percentage, uh, shooting increases when, uh, the basketball players averaged eight hours of sleep. So it, it, there's some research out there in terms of sleep, uh, being, being important, but the biggest thing that I think sleep does, uh, is it increases, uh, when we lack sleep, uh, it increases our, uh, cortisol mm-hmm. in our, in our body, which increase, which is a stress hormone. And when we have higher levels of cortisol, it decreases our testosterone production, which then in turn uh, affects our muscle protein synthesis. So we're unable to repair muscle tissue from exercise bounce. So it, that's, that's huge. Uh, what that also does though, is if we have higher stress levels, how's our mood, our mood is affected. Yep. So, you know, a lot of things like that, um, Sleep, when we, uh, when we get plenty of sleep, our ability to produce growth hormone increases. Less sleep, less growth hormone, less ability to repair damaged tissue. Uh, so we want that growth hormone because one of the reasons a lot of us lift weights or exercise is to be stronger, <laughs> be stronger, better body tone, uh, muscle tone. So if we're not getting the sleep to produce our growth hormone, are you really seeing the full benefits of your workout?
0: Yeah, you're, you're kind of self-sabotaging yourself at that point, and that
2: sucks. Yeah, like, like speaking of that too, like I know that alcohol does affect all of those things also, and you brought that up before. Can you discuss how and why, like exactly how that affects adversely, the effects and your
1: recovery? Well, uh, what... Uh, what alcohol does is it affects really our ability to sleep. So if you're not getting great sleep because you, you decided to uh, uh, tie one on the night before. Drunk sleep is the worst. Yes, it is. And and then all of a sudden now it's not quality sleep. So you're not able to get into that rapid eye movement sleep where you have that ability to produce growth hormone. So now all of a sudden, You're tired. You're fatigued. Your mental alertness is decreased. So, so alcohol, alcohol has the effect, but it has the effect, the after effect because of the sleep. Mm
0: -hmm. Also dehydrates you, which sucks too. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
1: I mean, go back to your go back to what I mentioned earlier: the factors that affect recovery. Hydration's huge. You know, for the average person, we we always say drink uh, eight cups of water a day. Well, somebody who's exercising and sweating a lot, uh, athletes in general, we try to tell them drink two liters uh, of water and for every pound you lose, you should drink about 32 ounces of water.
0: Yeah, Yeah. I feel like if you're well hydrated, you'll know because you're going to the bathroom every like 30 to 45 minutes like that's when you're in the zone. I feel like you had to wake up twice to pee in the middle of the night. You're properly hydrated. Good for you. (laughs)
1: Yeah, exactly. Well, and then here's the other hard part though, is people think, oh, I just drink it all at one time. Well, your body doesn't absorb it very well when you drink all your water in one sitting. So you got to space it throughout the day and we all get busy. And so the water sits on your desk or it sits, uh, it sits at the table and Mm -hmm. you forget about it. So
0: Make it easier by doing things like crystallite and tea. That's my hack for the day. <laughs> FYI, if you want to drink more water. People often reach for the ice bag when they feel that nagging ache or pain from training or sports. And we've started to see that maybe ice isn't the answer anymore. So what do you recommend for soothing those angry muscles and joints?
1: Well, yeah, uh, you know, it's, when ice first started, the biggest thing was uh, the acronym RICE, Rest mm-hmm. Ice Compression Elevation. Uh, those were the four things that, that solved everything. Uh, and then as we, as people started to do more research, we start learning more. Uh, delayed onset muscle soreness is what I think we're trying to get at here. Yep. And uh, delayed onset muscle soreness, the best thing, and this is what I tell athletes all the time, what would you do the day before? <laughs> I exercise. Uh-huh. Well, then let's go exercise again. Let's pump the. Let's get that blood flowing. Uh, as we get that blood flowing, we're going to get some, uh, increased flexibility, uh, increased, uh, the heart rate. So, you know, those, that's kind of my number one go-to, but that's not the easy answer. We all want things that feel good, uh, the, the feel good. So whether it's a hot pack, it's the, it's the foam rolling, the self myofascial release, uh, the percussion massage therapy guns are huge right now. Uh, and you can find those online on Amazon for if prices bear, uh, vary. yeah, yeah they have a they, million.
0: I have a really cheap one right now. I think mine was like a $30 Conair. I got it at CVS, but it does the job. <laughs>
1: exactly. And they're all the same. They yeah. all do the same thing. And, and those feel good. And, and that's really what, uh, what everybody's looking for is what feels good. Mm-hmm. And that's all that matters. Uh, uh, Epson salt baths are huge. Uh, you know, I, the, the research behind that, uh, you know, it's, it's good. And I always tell athletes, I tell people that work out athletes, uh, the weekend warriors, whatever you feel good doing, do it. Yep. If you have a legit injury though, where, you know, where I said, Hey, I was running, I rolled my ankle stepping off the curb then let's go to the ice but yeah. if you just have if you just have muscle soreness and you're just looking to feel good uh whatever whatever it is you like whether you've tried all all of these and there's one that sticks out stick with it mm-hmm. there's no wrong answer
2: yeah i think that really like The next question I had really works well with your answer to that. Can you talk about why addressing these things is important and what it looks or feels like to take sometimes a much needed active recovery day or even an extra rest day?
1: Yeah. So uh, in active recovery. Uh, and everybody has their own definition of what active recovery is yes Uh, Mm -hmm. you know active recovery might be just going on a walk for some active recovery may mean uh i'm doing this uh, very similar exercises that i did a day before just with body weight Mm -hmm. so uh and and really active recovery the whole purpose is just to get blood flowing to uh allow some flexibility I, i believe uh Uh, you may go this right, you may uh, jump into this, but we talk about range of Mm motion. And uh, one of the things about active recovery is you're trying to maintain or uh, contribute to an increase in flexibility or mobility. Uh, People like to use the word mobility uh, more so than flexibility. Flexibility kind of refers more to stretching. I'm not a huge uh, static stretching fan uh, a lot of that, but we're so ingrained in static stretching. Yep. So you sit on the floor and reach for your toes. Well, there isn't a huge benefit to that. Uh, so, but back to the original question you had Sasha about active recovery, huge fan of active recovery, uh, whatever activity it is that can elevate your heart rate for a short period of time. Uh, but putting less stress on the joints is beneficial. So I'm not looking for uh, a bunch of weight on a bar and calling that active recovery. That's not much different than what you did the day before.
0: right? right.
1: Uh, It does it mean a longer walk. Does it mean a, a instead of getting, uh, going on a run, you hop in the swimming pool and you do something in the pool. Again, just something to elevate the heart rate, to allow the blood to flow and incorporating maybe some dynamic, stretching or some dynamic flexibility uh a big one that i really like is uh incorporating hurdles and we do hurdle walkovers for hur- walking under hurdles some skips different things like that that help with hip mobility
2: yeah and that stuff feels good like my favorite active recovery day like my top of the mountain is probably <laughs> going for a walk and even just like 20 minutes of yoga, just some stretching, moving, and then like adding a, a Epsom salt bath to that just to like soothe those muscles because it's super important when you're tight, oh. the best thing to do is move yeah. Like because you're not going to get untight by sitting on your butt. <laughs> like. Yeah. It,
0: it, like the one thing you want to do is not move, but it's super <laughs> counterproductive. Like yeah. my favorite, I just hop on the air bike for like 10 minutes yeah. And then whatever feels shitty, yeah, <laughs> I'll do yeah. like I'll, those I'll, hurdles
2: sound great, yeah, for the hip mobility. Yeah, like you just did a ton of squats I or have deadlifts, stupid like, hips. Open those hips up.
0: <laughs> I need to. I need to buy a hurdle for the garage. <laughs> yeah, we need one now at HQ. <laughs> so we've uh, we've talked about sleep. We've talked about recovery. Let's talk about actually getting into some workouts. It seems like people often will skip their warm up or cool down because they're boring. So let's break that trend because I know it's important. We know, like we all know, it's important. We need to tell people why it's important. Uh, explain why warming up and cooling down is so crucial to muscle recovery and avoiding injury.
1: Yeah, uh, w- great point. It is often left out. Uh, probably the cool down more so than the warm up. Mm-hmm. But the the purpose of the warm up is to uh, increase increase the heart rate. If you worked out a couple days before, you still have some of that, uh, Dom's delayed onset muscle soreness. It'll help decrease some of that before you get into your workout. Uh, uh, dynamic stretching has been shown to positively influence, uh, power, speed, agility, endurance, flexibility, and strength performance. So those are things that, uh, dynamic stretching can help you with if you incorporate it into your up, And then, the other thing with your warm up, you want to consider that the uh, beginning of your workout. So then that way, it's going to mimic slightly some of the same movements you're doing yep. in your workout. So one of the biggest things is if you're going to um, incorporate squats and bench press and you know some sort of uh, core stability activity into your workout you want to make sure that in your warmup you're addressing all of those movements. So, uh, there's three planes of movement. There's sagittal transverse and frontal plane movements. Your warmup should incorporate all of that. So you shouldn't just be in one position the whole time and and incorporate movement during your warmup. So does that mean that maybe you're, you're doing a dynamic, uh, uh, quad stretch RDL? You know, it, it could mm-hmm. be that it could be a simple uh, uh, high knees, or and uh, we talked a little bit about the hurdles, the where you may lift your leg up and almost uh, I refer to it as open the gate or close the gate, where you rotate your hips, so you're getting some rotation, a lunge and rotation, uh, mm-hmm. those types of things, just to incorporate that into a warm up. and the warm up, we're not talking a long period of time; we're talking five to ten minutes max uh but again just trying to elevate the heart rate preparing you for activity uh when we bypass the warm up we increase our likelihood of injury if you just go into the weight room or into a sprint workout without any sort of warm up your chances of pulling a quad muscle or or uh you know pulling a pec muscle greatly increase so that's the purpose of the warm up just to prepare the body for Intense activity.
0: Yeah, the, I, I I'm that person. When I post, like I do time lapse Thursday every mm-hmm. now and then, when I actually remember to take my GoPro out to the garage with me. And somebody commented on Instagram the other day. They're like, "Jesus, your your warm up takes almost as long as your workout." And I'm like, "Well, the warm up is its own workout." In yeah. a sense, I mean, you know, you're doing air squats, you're doing lunges, you're doing pull-aparts, you're doing mm-hmm. hyperextensions because you're doing squats that day, and you know it's a million things. But yeah, if you're actually doing advanced work in any level of fitness, your your up has to match your workout. I
2: honestly, one of my favorite like sayings that goes along with warming up. But did you die though? Because now you're ready. Like you should be at that point. It because it's trying to mimic your workout. Yeah. You should be. Not totally gassed, but, like, ready to go. Like, I, like, I typically that's when will I, do, that's like, 15 minutes. That's when I do all my minutes. bitching
0: when I'm in the gym, but, just during my warm-up. Right. I'm sitting there in my bottom squat, you know, my bottomed-out squat with my kettlebell. Like, this is awful. I hate my life.
2: But the better. movement feels way better when you're actually in the workout than if you just went in cold. Like, mm-hmm. I used to never warm-up. And if I did, it was, like, maybe three three minutes, and I wasn't doing anything except walking on the treadmill, which does nothing to warm up my body if I'm gonna be lifting any weight at all.
0: Right, right. Yeah, this is this is one thing where people I feel like just don't, they don't make the connection. Yeah.
2: Well, and when I feel like maybe cool down isn't quite as is important as the warm up, but what are the benefits of doing a cool down period also?
1: Well, the cool down, and I've kind of changed a little bit in terms of how I approach the cool down, it, kind of to your point, Sasha. It's not as important, but there's some benefits to it. So a lot of the things, if we're looking at uh, high explosive activities that we've done, uh, maybe maybe you're doing more Olympic lifting that day, or you're doing more sprint workouts. I find the uh, cool down is, is a great time to incorporate your foam rolling.
0: Mm, yes, you know,
1: uh, and, and an opportunity to do maybe some yoga stretches. You've been you've been using these muscles. And really when we talk explosive movements, we're not going typically through full ranges of motion. So this is our opportunity to go through that full range of motion and elongate those muscles and tendons and uh, give them an opportunity to relax, maybe remove some lactic acid in those, uh, in those legs, uh, blood pools, gravity takes over. It wants to sit uh, in our feet and our ankles, our calves. So, if we get an opportunity during that cooldown to just relax those muscles, bring the re- bring the heart rate back down. Uh, a lot of people will just say, "You know what? The walk around the facility, put, putting all my weight away, or the walk to the car is my cooldown," and they oh. go back. Well, <laughs> there there's some. There is some uh, benefit to doing a cool down. It it will decrease uh, some muscle soreness the following day. Uh, Some of that muscle soreness is caused from the lactic acid buildup from lifting.
0: Yeah, Mm -hmm. and that is for me where I found that's where I started to build my flexibility was at the end of my workouts. People don't realize that you just, yes, you just put your muscles through hell and they might be tired. But when they're warm is when they're the most like cooperative
2: Liable. oh it's
0: great dude have you ever <laughs> felt think about, sensation like imagining of sticking like, your forehead straight on the yeah, floor before like that's a cool I physically
2: like when i'm doing those movements this is probably weird i'm weird um Aren't but we, i like duh. physically imagine like my mu- my muscles are mm-hmm. like legitimately like stretching themselves out at that point it's
1: like, like
0: a cat waking up from a nap
2: yeah yeah
1: <laughs> yeah i mean it, you brought it up uh sadie the fact that you go from Moving 100 miles an hour to just a sudden stop if, if you bypass the cool down. Yeah.
0: yeah. It's, and I'm going to loop back to the warm-up for a second because this is something I forgot to say earlier. Your first set of warm-up movements are going to feel like shit. Like, that's oh, yeah. the point.
2: That's the whole entire your squat, point. Your squat,
0: your hips are going to be tight. Go extra slow. But yeah, this is this is a key that I feel people just miss a lot. The warm up, the cool down. Everybody wants to focus on the actual workout because that's right. the sexy part. That's where you move all the weights. But that's how it. sexy
2: is it if your muscles aren't warmed up? Like you're not going to pull the weight or push the weight or do anything with the weight that you were expecting to that day if you don't do the warm up. I mean, like yeah. you're going to have a, probably a shitty workout that day and then be like, what the hell? If well, you try
0: to do squats take without time. warming up your hips, oh, you're yeah. going to quarter squat every rep, and yeah. people are. Going to be like, What are you doing? Like, yeah. it's a, it, at that point, I'm not going to say it's a waste of your time, but you could have utilized your time and energy better. better.
2: Yeah, for sure. Like, for sure. <laughs> 100%. <laughs> yes. I'm not going
0: to tell you what to do, but there's a better way to do it.
1: Uh, range. To, to, back to your point, though, a little bit in the warm up, uh, you know, that's your opportunity to make sure that you've got proper technique. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and, and if you skip that warm up, you go straight to putting weight on and you don't have proper technique. You may, not be, uh, you may not be doing that exercise for a few weeks.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's that's the biggest thing. Like, you can't work out when you're injured. Straight up. Right. So avoid being injured at all costs possible. And that might mean you have to build an extra 15, 20 minutes into your workout routine just to make sure you have a proper warm-up and cool-down. But as someone who has been lifting weights at an intermediate to advanced level for, I don't know, three or four years now... I've never had an injury Mm -hmm. because I actually do, do your bitch work. Yeah. It's not fun all the time, but it's worth it because your knees aren't going to blow out when you've got 185 pounds on your back. You're, you're not going to pull a hip flexor while you're (laughs) doing a box jump. Like just do your pre-work, like do all of your pre-work and your post-work and it'll feel great. It'll actually help with your doms a lot. Yeah. Especially if you invest like 20 bucks in a foam roller. Yeah. Like, that thing <laughs> is the devil,
2: but it also hurts, awesome at this But just think, time. visualize the lactic acid just Yeah, dispersing. you can just see it going away. <laughs> just get
1: but, the fuck out of and, here. And that you know, you talk about the foam roller hurting. Well, it's hurting because the muscle's tight. Yep, If yeah. the muscle was loose and pliable, uh, it doesn't hurt as bad. Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah, the foam roller, it's my... My best friend, but my worst friend. And we've talked a little bit about range of motion already today. Uh, range of motion is really important when it comes to lifting weights or playing sports. What are some of your favorite moves for improving ones,
1: Rob? Uh, For improving. Really, the, I think the best way to improve your range of motion is during your lifts. Make sure that you're going through a full range of motion. Now, there's obviously some exercises you'll do, and we touched on them a little bit already like plyometrics, Uh where you don't go through full ranges of motion. Uh, But uh, during some of your lifts, if you go through a full range of motion, that's the best way to improve it uh, is by doing that. And the benefits, uh, you see greater benefits in going through a full range of motion. It provides better uh, joint stability, uh, better muscle balance. And for some people, uh, you end up, uh, activating more muscle groups. Let's take the squat, for example. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're squatting and you're only going, uh, doing a partial squat, you're putting a lot of stress on your quads. Yeah. Well, if you go through a full range motion, now you're going to incorporate your glutes. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the glutes are, are huge. And they, it, you know, every time you go to stand up from a chair, you're using your glutes. So why not use your glutes in a squat? So, yeah. But, again, um, there are exercises where you don't go through full ranges of motion. So you, you, you have a balance there. The other thing is uh, you will see people in a gym not go through full ranges of motion. Uh, bodybuilders, a prime example. Uh, we talk about it, uh, or you hear about the word uh, the pump. Okay? <laughs> yep. Well, you, you want, as a bodybuilder, you want that – extra bulge in the bicep, or you want that quad to really stand out. Well, if you only work in a certain range of motion, you're going to get increased blood flow and increased lactic acid in that one area. So you're really working the tone of one particular area. Whereas if you go through the full range of motion, you will see uh, greater strength gains throughout the range of motion. Uh, I've always like to use the example if. If you're bicep curling and you're only going from uh, 90 degrees to your to your mouth, that's all you're going to get stronger doing.
2: Yep. Right. Exactly. So. Um, we've like covered a ton of stuff today, and I think all of it's been super important. But like anything, there may have been things that we forgot. Is there anything that you wanted to add that we may have forgotten that are super important?
1: Uh, you know, I think... Uh, You know, we taught, we touched a little bit on sleep. I think that there's one thing that I I leave with your listeners, the importance of sleep. There is no badge of honor for getting five hours of sleep and being able to operate the next day. If you are trying to maximize your gains in the weight room or in a performance setting, uh, sleep is just so important. It's tough to train. It's tough to get great benefits if you're not getting great sleep because, Chances are you're going to be injured. You're going to have uh, an increased risk of uh, colds or flus. Uh, you, you're not going to repair. You're not going to see the muscle tone, the the increase in uh, the ability to move weight around. Uh, you're not going to see uh, sprint times decrease if you're not getting your sleep. Uh, and, and again, I, I think so many of us have just become accustomed that, you know, I just need a little bit of sleep. I can get through the day, but your decision-making, your alertness, your mood. uh, I know, I know I'm a happier person if I'm Mm. getting my sleep and my family likes me a lot more. (laughs) Yeah.
2: I actually, like when I was younger, I prided myself on, oh, I only need five to six Your girl in bed at eight o'clock most nights now, cause she wakes up at four. Like I need the full eight. And if I can get more, I'm super excited about it. Like nine, 10 is fantastic.
1: And and some things that I'll, I'll I'll give uh, your listeners here is kind of some recommendations to increase sleep. But I think the biggest thing is have a routine. Mm -hmm. So whatever time you decide that uh, you need to wake up the next day, back up seven to nine hours from that time. And that's the time you need to go to sleep. Yeah, uh, Have some sort of bedtime routine. Is that reading a book for 30 minutes? Some people do uh, do yoga before they go to bed. Yep. Just mm-hmm. some light <clears throat> yoga. Uh, whatever that bedtime routine is, stick to it. And then uh, make sure your room is cool, dark, and quiet.
0: Yep. Yeah, Three That has been thing. huge when I figured that out get darkening curtains, get the heavy ones because A, they block out the light, B, they block out the noise, get a fan, and make sure you don't have TV on when you go to sleep have been like the most helpful things for me to actually have a sleep schedule.
1: Yeah. One thing about TV, uh, so the blue light, Mm -hmm. uh, not only in TV but also in our devices, our phones, our iPads, our computer screens. On Apple, and I know they're on other phones as well, But there, turn your night shift on. Yep. The night shift on your phone reduces the blue light. Blue Mm -hmm. light is a uh, stimulant. So if you can reduce that blue light, it'll help you and not uh, stimulate the brain. So it's easier to fall asleep if you have to be on a device before you go to bed.
0: Science, technology. It's
2: amazing. I love that they do that for us now. Amazing advice. Yeah, absolutely.
1: So there you go.
0: Get your sleep.
1: With that said, though, look at uh, there's been some uh, things that have come out recently and uh, on some of uh, some of the biggest sports stars and how much time uh, they sleep. Mm -hmm. Tiger Woods is not a big sleeper, but LeBron James is a huge sleeper. He sleeps like on average 10 hours a night
2: and he takes naps. Yeah. yeah. During the day. Well, then
0: I saw Cam Newton. They posted that graphic a couple weeks ago during that game where he gets up at like 4.30 and then whatever. He only gets like six hours of sleep. It's like, bro, you're an NFL quarterback. Where are right. you sleeping? <laughs> right. Like I sleep more than you and I just lift weights in my garage. <laughs> like, what's up? Mike Nicola, assistant athletic trainer at University of Nebraska-Omaha. Thanks, Mike. Meathead Test Kitchen is proud to be a Heard At Media podcast. Please subscribe and rate wherever you find your podcast. literally, basically, wherever. Apple Podcasts, yeah. Spotify, Stitcher, Deezer, Google, Amazon. You search Google, for it, you'll, you'll find it. <laughs> yeah, you'll find us. Look Meathead Test Kitchen up on Google and you'll find everything. You'll also find our website with show notes, training resources, and our Amazon store online at MeatheadTestKitchen.com. Meathead Test Kitchen, out. Oh.
1: Join Sadie and Sasha every Monday, helping to make your fitness and nutrition journey suck less. MTK.
0: A Huda Media Production.